Oh, and welcome to the show. I'm Martin Willis, your host. And we have a great guest who I, a person I consider a friend, Matthew Roberts, coming up here in just a moment. Uh, this week, Charles Ablier's blog is a 1991 UFO crop circle investigation by Paranet slash M-I-C-A-P. Uh, great blogs, as usual, by Charles Lear, always very informative. And uh, so our guest, uh, it's, it's funny, I was watching uh, Netflix, or I turned on Netflix recently, and you go to like your homepage, and all of a sudden there's Matthew, and I go, oh, great, you know, in the uh, Encounters uh, series on Netflix. Anyway, it just reminded me, I reach out, he hasn't been on for quite a while, and I uh, always enjoy his company and so I'm going to bring him in right now. Matthew, welcome to the show. Whoops, so you're muted, Matthew. Yeah, sorry. Don't worry. Everyone does that. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great to be back. Thanks for having me, Martin. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it was really something to see. Oh, I first of all, I should say this is a pre-recorded show. But how I do pre-recorded shows, uh, generally speaking, is I just do them exactly like a live show. And you have a work conflict, so you couldn't do it at our regular time. And so uh, I just do them just the way they are. I don't edit, but I usually am able to be in the chat room. And this this week I will be as well and interact that way. But um, so glad to have you back. So, yeah, you're all of a sudden you're taking up my whole big screen TV here. And I'm saying, oh, my God, Matthew, that's awesome. So I'm so glad that you were asked to be on that uh, that series and uh, a, a great job. How? What was that like? Well, first of all, we should backtrack because you haven't been on for a couple of years. And we'll talk about all that stuff as we go along. But uh, I would like to, just for someone who didn't catch you the first time, you were on the Roosevelt and you were on the Roosevelt when the gimbal video was recorded and you saw it firsthand. So uh, I'd like to talk about, I, I guess that would be what sparked your interest in this topic to begin with, or did you, I can't remember, did you have a, uh, did you have kind of a interest in it prior to that? Uh, no, I did not. I had, I had no interest in this topic whatsoever. Um, and, uh, I, I, I think just like everyone else, um, <laughs> I, my, my interest was sparked by the New York times article in mm. 2017, obviously, because, when that article came out, they also there was a release of the gimbal footage. Right. And that, was, um, that was really what kind of drew me in. Um, up to that point, I never expected that I would ever see that footage again. Uh, I never, you know, I thought if this is something, it's some program. I'm not, I'm not read into it. I don't work on it. So I'll never know, you know, so I just kind of put it away uh, from 2015 until 2017 when I saw it again. And then the New York times article came out. There were some people associated in that article to the stars Academy. And so I just, I started the analyst in me came out and I started to drill down on that, you know, um, you know, to have these people written books, you know, so I started reading Tom DeLong stuff. And then, uh, I started reading, some Jacques Vallée. And then shortly thereafter, uh, my personal experiences started um, with the phenomenon. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. And, and what the, those experiences are quite amazing. Uh, I'll never forget when you first told me that uh, I was like kind of shocked uh, because you have you are also in uh, naval in- intelligence. Is that? Yeah. So I, I was on the Theodore Roosevelt in 2015 and then I transferred um, early in 2017 to the Office of Naval Intelligence in Washington, D.C., uh, and that's where I was when the New York Times article hit. And uh, I started to have these follow-on experiences. I guess I guess now, you know, post uh, James Lacatzi's book, uh, it, we, we would call that, you know, the hitchhiker effect, maybe, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And we'll get into all that. But uh, first of all, I'd like to talk about what your experience was like on the ship, what was there a buzz? Was uh, you know, were people talking about, hey, you know, there's something crazy going on here? I mean, how did all that come about? And how did you see that that video there for the first time? And I pulled up. I think this is an edited version where it takes out, yeah. you know, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the glare that you often see in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, so when this happened, what was it like there? Yeah, so uh, you know, people would would think that maybe the ship was a buzz with this, but it really wasn't because it wasn't known to many people, right? If if I mean, there's there's like five thousand people on board an aircraft carrier, but if you didn't work for the air wing and you weren't in intel, uh, you didn't know about this. You know, you didn't know this was going on. Oh. So, uh, but but I did. You know, since that was my world, you know, I, I, th- there were people who were talking about it. I, I remember specifically, and I put it in the book, that I was going into Civic one day for an Intel brief, and uh, there were two pilots standing on either side of the doorway into the briefing room, and uh, one of them said to the other one, "Hey, did you see?" see all this footage you know about the ufos and the other one's like yeah i saw it you know and i just kind of put my head down (laughs) and walked right past them um because i didn't want any part of that conversation i just i just didn't i mean and, and so but prior to that um i mean i was made aware of this when uh you know this guy i knew buddy of mine um worked kind of more closely with the pilots than I ever did. Um, we were kind of sitting around in, in my space, which was a totally different space, another, another skiff. Um, and he walks in and he's like, Hey, you're not going to believe this. He's like, look at this. Right. And so he tells me where it is. I pull it up on my computer and, uh, you know, that was the first time I saw the gimbal footage. There was also the go fast footage was also there. Um, oh, I didn't realize that I should know that, that yeah. they were both the same. Now, uh, let me ask you this. We always get this little version of, you know, a couple of seconds here. Mm-hmm. Uh, how and I know the reason from what I understand is there's some classified uh, situations or maybe readings or something that may be able to be. Uh, cropped out of that and that's why they make it such a brief little video did you get to see like the full the full video or was yours short like that as well um no that was the exact same 
length clip that I remember really? seeing. Wow. Yeah. I, I did not see a longer version of that. Um, uh, but there were, uh, there were more videos. Yeah. I mean, I would like to, and those videos still exist. We know they do. They have to. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really, uh, if they weren't classified, I'm wondering why we're not seeing them because I'd really love to know. And I bet you probably would too. Were there any other, you know, unusual things that they saw while they were observing this? Yeah. Uh, I, well, there were, there were other things and hopefully, <laughs> I mean, hopefully that story will be told one day. Um, hmm. And I, uh, but, but, you know, th these, these things happen, right. They happen yeah. in other battle groups. I mean, uh, the Nimitz is another example of this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so this, I, I guess, I guess what I'm getting at is that the 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 events on the Theodore Roosevelt didn't seem to be that uh, special. Huh? <laughs> I mean, but they did to us at the time, yeah. right? Because it was, you know, uh, something totally out of the ordinary, obviously. Yeah. But, um, but you know, and I and I, I, one of the things that I like to talk about is just that. I wish that they would release footage and, and images of stuff that is unambiguous, right? right. Like the stuff they've released so far, it's like, oh, well, that could a, be a, could be a piece of trash. It's a joke. Right. They, it, we know it they could have be better, a balloon. You know and, they have better stuff than that. You know right, what I mean? Right. Yeah. Let's let's just out with the stuff that is. Yes. If you if you saw it, you there'd be no question that is not a piece of garbage. That is not a balloon. Yeah, uh, it is exactly what you think it is. You know, I mean, yeah. But let's yeah. not beat around the bush. But. I think that's uh, you know, I mean that that goes along with uh, softening the edges. I think mm -hmm. it's kind of like uh, you know, I mean, I talked about this a couple of times because it's pretty funny the way he does it. But uh, I'm, I was watching recently, I don't know, a couple months ago, James Fox was uh, on a panel and Michael Shermer was there and Michael Shermer started talking about this UFO. He went on and on to the details and then he said, but it was explained to be, and then James is getting, he's fuming. And then finally he gets a chance to talk and he says, we don't want to know about the ones we figured out. We don't want, yeah, they're a dime a dozen. That's not what we're interested in. That's not what we should be talking about. Mm -hmm. We should be talking about the ones that we can't understand, can't figure out. And uh, and then Shermer never had, I watched the whole thing. It was just a little clip that was out there, but Shermer never had a reply to that. And, you know, uh, but really there's, you know, they have some great stuff. And, uh, you know, and, and, and how much of it would be a class classification issue for some type of secrecy? I, I don't know. You know, I mean, I don't know what you're, what you could speculate on that. Do you think there could be a lot of things that could be released that wouldn't jeopardize anything, anyone? Uh, I, I would think that there, those things certainly exist. I mean, I, I, with, with some of the satellite imagery, I'm not sure, uh, that that would ever be released just because, you know, you don't want people to know what your capabilities are. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, I mean, we've all seen, uh, you know, 
public images of they they show it all the time, right? Like they they when that when that uh, uh, Russian plane dumped fuel on one of our um one of our drones, you know, they they came out with that footage. So so yeah. they, what 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 we're capable of seeing on these craft is not a mystery. Everybody knows it. They've they've made footage like that public, and they do it all the time. So yeah. why can't they show us something anomalous that was captured yeah. in that yeah. same way? Now, now I'm going to ask you a question that I asked a little bit differently, but to Lou Elizondo as well. And that is, uh, did, were, were you overhearing things that um, you can't talk about that makes this even more amazing? Or would you not even want to go there? Uh, you mean in terms of? What you can talk about and what you can't talk about. Yeah. Because well, it's class because you were in a classified situation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, there, there is uh, people don't know it yet, but th this topic is, this is huge. Um, and it, it, it touches every facet of your life, everyone's life. Um, and I, th I feel like people should be outraged that this is being kept from them. Hmm. You know, I, I, you know, I, I, I would drive to work and I would see people just passing me on the freeway or, you know, I'd go into a convenience store or get gas or something. And I would just look around and I'm just like these people, they have no idea. You know, and, and that's just not right. I, it's I, not I, right. I think that way often myself, you know, I think about those things. And, uh, yeah, I mean, what did you think about the whole UAP hearing? I don't, I, I was there, by the way, I, I made it there. Do you think that's a, uh, do you think that was a positive thing? I, I do. Yeah. Um, I think though that, I think a lot of people when it came to Grush's testimony are a little standoffish about that. Um, in the yeah. same way that I think that they're kind of a little bit standoffish about encounters. Like th I think yeah. they, they like to watch it. Right. And it's kind of a scary story around Halloween time, <laughs> but, but you got to understand this stuff is real, right? Yeah. This is, this is not a joke. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and it's so serious too. Um, I mean, yeah. Lou Elizondo uses words like somber to mm. describe this. I certainly feel that same sentiment myself. Mm. Um, and and why can't people know? You know, I mean, it, it's only holding us back. It, it's holding us back, and it's it's time. Do you think, uh, and I, I know I said this last week in last week's show, but do you think that part of the reason that this is kept secret is because they really don't know the whole thing and maybe they don't, they can't say how they can protect us from these things that are here? I, I think that, I, I honestly think that one of the reasons it's... <laughs> it's still a secret is that nobody wants to talk about it. Right. Mm. Who, who wants to go, 
what politician yeah. up up until those hearings, right? What politician Besides wanted Tim Burchett. Yeah. Right. Wanted to stand there in front of a microphone and say yeah. this stuff is real and guess what? It's going to get even weirder. Yeah. Um, so so I mean the weirdness factor to this uh I mean that goes on as far as the eye can see. I mean and, and yeah. so I think that that makes a lot of people very uncomfortable because, yeah, you know, it, you start to think about, well, you know, what is reality then? Exactly. You know, if if yeah. this is what it is, yeah. and and it's 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 really it's going to upset your worldview. It will, yeah. um, but I think for the better. Right. I mean, it's better to know, although we don't really have the whole picture, but still, you know, you, you look at like. Most people want to look at basically the nuts and bolts of the right. UFOs, you know, like UFO sighting, what could it be, you know, that type of thing, but not go into the depth. And as soon as Grush was out there and he started talking about, you know, crash retrievals, stuff like that, everybody's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. When I, w I went and visited my sister uh, at a lake, you know, like a day or two after that came out this year. And I started talking about it and the whole, my nieces and everyone's eyes are glazing over and, you know, five seconds in, like they don't, they're not even look, you know, they're, they're thinking about what's for dinner. They don't, they don't want to talk about it. Now, if I just said, well, you know, this amazing UFO, you know, over whatever, then I would have probably kept their attention through that. But as soon as you start saying like crashed and, you know, there's possibly bodies here and, you know, stuff like that, they don't want to talk. Uh, about that at all and uh you know that is the part that makes people uncomfortable and things that happen to you are going to make some people feel uncomfortable and i get it you know i mean uh it's it's a uh i mean for me uh after reading your book uh um, about halfway through i would i would say initiated um i, I start to think like I try to empathize and think, what what would it be like to be you? And I would be curled up in the ball, uh -huh. like you mentioned a few times. That's how I I I would handle something like that. You know, I mean, I just I can't imagine living a functional life and having this kind of going on in the background. And uh, you actually left before retirement, uh -huh. and did any of that have to do with things that were going on? Or was it just life changes? Uh, well, it was both. I mean, I once I realized that this was happening to me, and I realized kind of the truth of it, and that um, the reality we all live in is not what we think it is. Yeah. Uh, and, and the fact that you know that kind of stuff is is kept from people like we're not able to discover that because they've got this secret locked up right i i, I just to me that was uh it's abhorrent right i i don't agree with that at all and so i thought to myself i can't do this anymore i i've only got four years left to retirement but i can't justify staying for me just to collect a retirement, um, it just didn't feel right. You know, I've thought I've got to talk about this. This is crazy. 
you know? Um, and people need to know that this is a real thing. Um, mm. You know, I, I mean, a lot of people like to associate people who are experiencers or who have had experiences as, you know, these tinfoil hat wearing <laughs> crazy people. But I can, I mean, you can see I'm, I'm totally functional. I'm not, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not. Well, after, yeah. <laughs> After hanging with you too, also, oh, I should mention this just like a sort of a shout out and we'll get right back into this, but we had such a great time Yeah. when I was out in Phoenix and we were hanging out together. We closed a, a restaurant, basically. It was Mark D'Antonio, it was Stacy, was there, Mary and Rob, uh, Heather and Dave. And uh, we, oh my God, we just had such a great night. That was so much fun. I didn't want it to end. And, yeah. uh, but and then well, we met up earlier in the day, but uh, I'm sorry. I took, I just had to take that jag in case any of these people might be listening. So that was just, oh, yeah. that was a blast. Mm -hmm. but, but yes, you were, I would, I would call you totally functional. And I would think uh, if I recall, right, didn't people kind of lean on you for advice and things like that a lot uh, of the times because of your demeanor and all that? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, people, at past jobs or even in the Navy. Um, I, I had a boss in the Navy at one point that said to me, you know, you are the most level headed person I yeah. have ever known, you know? <laughs> right. And, and you have that, you have that way about you certainly. Right. And, and I mean, that's just the way I am. I, I, I've always been that way and I continue to be that way. Um, these, these experiences have not changed that. Um, but I do have a moral compass, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I couldn't justify remaining silent about this because I know that there are a lot of people who start to go through these things. And if you if you go visit a psychiatrist today and you tell them, I'm seeing non-humans in my room at night, right? Yeah. They're going to, you're automatically going to be diagnosed with something like psychosis or schizophrenia or schizophrenia yeah. and yeah. and these depending on what you do for a living that could be a career ending yeah. diagnosis yeah and and if that's not the truth of what's happening here then what are we doing to people you know yeah. uh and that is that is what i take issue with um you know and and people say oh you join the military the military is what it is you got to understand there, there's a line, right? <laughs> and I feel like when, when we're, when we're lying about this to American citizens, right. And, and we're just totally okay with the fact that people's careers are being ended uh, because they're diagnosed with these mental conditions that, uh, aren't really the reflecting the reality of what's happening. Um, to me, that's just, it's disturbing. It's disturbing and it's immoral and I couldn't do it. I yeah. wouldn't do it, you know? Right. Have you ever, you know, spoken like to other people that are also experiencing similar encounters? Like I'm, I'm talking about like support because I've, I've gone to a couple of those groups at, uh, you know, conferences and they seem very supportive of each other. And 
I'm just wondering, have you ever tried anything like that yourself? Yeah, I mean, I so I I have my email address up on uh, my my Facebook page. I a lot of people tell me you should probably shouldn't do that, you know. But <laughs> um, but I you know I I feel like I've been through something, and if and if I can help someone else, then that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I had I. Uh, I, uh, the stories I've got, I mean, I, I won't use any names, but there's, there was a guy that was reading my book that was going through this and I didn't, I, he reached out to me. Uh, he came across my book in like this very paranormal, frightening way. <laughs> and, uh, he started reading it. He started having these experiences, uh, and his family, his wife in particular hated that book, right? Uh, because because she thought he was just like slowly losing his mind, right? Uh, hmm. And uh, so he 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 reached out to me, you know, and um, he he had told his wife before the phone call that I had with him that one of two things was going to happen at the end of this phone call, either. He was going to be okay, or they were going to drive to the hospital and check him in for mental health. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and that, that, that to me is just too much, right? Like, we, yeah. we don't need to be doing that. Like, uh, and, and so, and so he was like, you know, is, is this real? You know, is this really happening to me? And I said, yes, you know, um, the experiences you're having are valid, they're real. Uh, mm -hmm. just as real as your hand in front of your face mm -hmm. um, and just remain grounded, you know, uh, don't let this, uh, you know, what would be the right word for it? You know, just remain grounded in life and, and, and with these experiences and see what they're telling you, you know, see what these experiences are teaching you. Um, because there is a point, you know, and, um, and so he's fine now, you know, oh, but, that's good. but so you helped someone. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He's, he's doing excellent. And, um, <laughs> he, it was funny because, you know, I didn't know that that all of that was going to happen before this phone call. I didn't know that he had said that to his wife and I didn't know that he had, he had family actually gathered at the house. Like they were all waiting for this. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Um, it was almost like an intervention type of thing. Yeah. 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 It was pretty serious. Um, How about that? So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about. Um, I want to ask you how long after you first, you know, we're talking about the hitchhiker type thing, whatever it is. So many people talk about that type of situation. Like it's almost like it opens a door if mm -hmm. it's not a hitchhiker situation it's opening a door to uh, another whatever to come in uh this happened in i believe you said 2015 right on so you're there and then you uh you change jobs into the intelligence part and all that you're off the ship and everything mm -hmm. when did something show up uh, it was shortly after the New York Times article, and I started to dig into it. 
Um, uh, uh. That was that was when things started. Uh, before I, because I had just pushed it off, right? I, I was like, uh, I'll never know, you know. Yeah. Uh, but then when I had something to dig into, you know, suddenly there's some meat there, and yeah. and so I started to dig, and then that's it was it was almost immediately the weirdness started, you know. Um, it was it was unreal, really. Yeah, I don't know if you cared it to talk about it, but or in in a general way, whatever you'd like to do. Yeah, I mean, uh, so something that is common among experiencers is this book called The Kabbalion by the three. Tell you how many experiencers I've come across that I, I don't know. I've never talked to them or I come across them on Reddit and I say, hey, have you read the Kabbalion yet? And they're a little taken aback by it because they're like, either, yeah, I read it or no, it's on my reading list. It's on my nightstand right now, huh. you know? And uh, and so I certainly came across that book in a very frightening paranormal way uh, through a series of just impossible coincidences that just totally rocked me. <laughs> yeah, I remember you laid that all out in your book. Yeah. How, how, you know, like someone just saying something, I think at an outdoor cafe, I can't remember what it was, but yeah, something just clicked with you mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and made you look into that. Now is that, I can't remember. I know uh, my producer, Donna, by the way, she says, hi. Uh, hi. She, she uh, got that book right away uh, mm-hmm. after you first were on my sh- show. Uh, I've never, I might've peeked at it. I don't think I've ever read much in it, but anyway, is this in like an old, I, I just, just remind me. And for the person that's unfamiliar with what it is. Yeah. So it, uh, the, this book was written, uh, over a hundred years ago, uh, by a guy named William Walker Atkinson. All right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it, it supposedly was written anonymously, um, by the three initiates is, is what it officially says. It's the Kabbalion by the three initiates. And uh, it just gives kind of a synopsis of these seven laws that govern the universe. And seemingly that's very simple, right? But then you, when you crack this book open, and a lot of people love this book, Uh, It talks about these seven principles, but those seven principles, you can see how they like pervade everything, right? And so it it just becomes this very surreal thing to read (laughs) because (laughs) you you think everything around us, you, you think of it, it's just so complex. How could it, how could it be just seven principles, you know, but but it really is kind of that simple um, because you, you kind of realize that the universe is just every and everything in it. It's all just one thing. Hmm. And so that simplifies things immeasurably. Right. And, and then you can describe the universe in seven principles, you know, and, and so, Hmm. so it's kind of an esoteric book. Um, and it just very simply lays out these these simple principles. But then, 
like I said, you start to dig into that and it's like, wow, you know, yeah. this, this actually is everything, you know? And oh, so when you say that people, a lot of these people that you speak to are into this, have already looked into it. I wonder what that connection is. Why all of a sudden they're reading the same book that you're reading. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like on, you go online and say, what should experiencers read? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it, it was, it, you come across a very paranormal and scary way and it's, um, you can't ignore it. You know, I, or at least I couldn't, you know, it was clear to me that the universe was saying, you will read this book. Uh, because it was something that I came across, right? And I was I was not a religious person. I was not a spiritual person. And and in my search, I came across this book and I read the synopsis and I was like, eh. and in the synopsis, it said that there's no such thing as coincidence. Right? Mm. And, um, and that everything happens for a reason and it happens according to law, a universal law. Um, but, but we call it a coincidence because we don't understand the law that's associated with it. And, and so uh, I was like, well, that's, I, that's just nonsense. It's too far out there, you know. But then I had this day-long series of just terrifying coincidences the next day, right, after reading this synopsis and deciding I wasn't going to read it. And then, and then that all culminated with me at this gas station, random gas station at midnight. Um, and I'm at this, at this point, I'm terrified, right? Uh, because of these series of events that has just unfolded throughout the day. Um, and I, I'm walking up to this table because I knew that I was at this gas station for a certain reason because of all of these coincidences kind of culminating in this. And there was like this homeless man who was sitting with these two women who were like dressed to the nines in like prof professional business attire. They looked like the civilian women I work with and like they were going to go brief Congress. That's what they looked like. Mm -hmm. um, but they're at a gas station eating outside with a homeless man at midnight. And it was like by the freeway. It was like a bad part of town. Right. Wow. Yeah. And so I'm like, this is not, this shouldn't be happening, you know? <laughs> and, and as I'm walking past the, them, one of the women points at the homeless guy and she's like, you see, um, uh, there's no such thing as coincidence. Everything happens for a reason. And she said, you know, I never sit at places like this, but something told me to sit here tonight. Hmm. And I was, I, at the, with that, I walked into the convenience store and I was like, no way did that lady just say that. Hmm. There's no way, you know? Um, and then I remembered the Kabbalion and I was like, that's exactly what that book said. Hmm. I, I have to read that book. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So what, what were, um, if you care to speak about it, like I said, uh, because I'm sure people are curious of, how are these things that have happened to you? Have they happened always at nighttime? First of all, as far as I, I know you had like this visual sighting, you know, during, during the day, like a football type, yeah. type of situation like that. But I mean, as far as like the, the beings, the non-human, let's call them that, 
uh, showing up. Mm-hmm. Was it always at was it always at nighttime? And were you, you know, people always uh, the first thing everybody says is sleep paralysis. You know, you do see weird things mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So right. let's just talk about what what that was like, if you can. Well, yeah, I mean, so there were experiences that I also had during the day. Like yeah. I there was one instance where, you know, I was just terrified. I, I hadn't been sleeping um and I just, I needed to take my mind off of all of this. And it was, it was afternoon sometime, you know? And so I walked outside on my cell phone um, and I was trying to call a buddy of mine just to talk about anything, right? I didn't care what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to talk about sheep herding? Let's talk about that. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I, I don't, you know, anything but this. Yeah. Uh, Cause I was just tired of it and terrified, but, so I'm standing there, you know, and the phone is ringing. He's not picking up. And it became apparent to me that he probably wasn't going to answer. or He's busy. And then all of a sudden, I feel someone push the cell phone from behind me so hard that I almost dropped it. Right. Mm. And so I hung up the call and I turned around with a smile on my face. I expected to see my roommate standing behind me you know, pulling a prank or something, you know? Uh, And my smile turned to horror when I realized that there was no one there, Hmm. you know? And uh, so I just, I ran back in the house and just kind of sat in my room and I was just like, what is going on? Why am I being tortured like this? You know, and, and then later that night, I went down to my truck and I, you know, I was sitting there and I called my brother just to kind of, and I was going to finally tell him about everything that had been happening with me. And, uh, as I'm calling my brother in my truck, it happened again. Like someone pushed on the cell phone, um, Hmm. so hard that it almost fell out of my hand, but I was in my truck like the, there was not, uh, there's no seat behind me. It was just yeah. the window and, and, and the, the metal truck. Mm. So I, at, the, at that point I didn't even turn around. I was like, I know, I know what that is. There's nobody back there. You mm. know what I mean? So I just continued to call my brother. And um, so, yeah, there were, there were times during things happened um certainly some of those coincidences that led me to that gas station happened during the day uh and uh so it, it's not all just sleep paralysis you can't just explain this away as sleep yeah. paralysis because because those sleep paralysis uh experiences uh if you want to call it sleep paralysis um they they fit in with these other experiences that were happening in the day that were also equally terrifying, you know, and I was obviously walking around or totally awake when these things happened. So, yeah. Um, and I'm not trying to, uh, just yeah. so you know, I'm not trying oh, yeah. to say this is, you know, Hey, uh, Matthew, you're just having sleep paralysis. I'm not trying to say that. Yeah. Um, but I'm just saying that, you know, that's what a lot of people a lot of try to excuse maybe, it as. Yeah. You know, yeah, you hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know weird things do happen, but but still you've had 
after reading your book um, and getting into the details, you've had some, you know, very, uh, do I dare say intimate encounters and, uh, yeah. you know, things that were really, you know, uh, yeah, m- kind of mind blowing. I was kind of shocked by some of the stuff that I, that I read. So let me ask you this. Are these, are these things still happening? Uh, yeah. I mean, well, not, not to the extent that they were, um, yeah. they've kind of, there's something else now there. It's nothing like it was, um, because about halfway through all of this, 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 all this took place over the course of about nine months. And, mm-hmm. um, it was, it had a very definite beginning, a middle and an end, you know, and, and then it became something else entirely. So I have different kinds of experiences now where, uh, I'll either hear a voice, you know, as I'm waking up that will tell me things or, and, and just after I published the book, I started to get, I immediately started to get flack for it right online. But, but we all know how Twitter is. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, this isn't something I talked to anybody about, but I, I, I was like, I was thinking to myself one night before I was going to bed, I was like, what am I doing? I was like, I I can just take this book down and forget this whole thing. You Mm. know, I I don't need this, you know? And, 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 and why be a messenger delivering this message that people seemingly don't want to hear? So I was like, forget it. I'm going to take this down in the morning and just forget this whole thing. Wow. So anyway, uh, that night I, you know, go to sleep and my mother, I, my mother appears to me in my dream and she says, Matthew, don't you dare take that book down. It's uh, too important. Uh, right. And she passed okay. away in 2010 hmm. and then, or 2015 actually. And then when I started waking from that dream, I heard the voice telling me that I needed to be more like a coconut dragon. <laughs> And I was like, I was like, what is a coconut dragon? Yeah. So I, I looked it up and on, on Google and it's like a kid's cartoon or something like that. <laughs> and these, these dragons are born in coconut trees and, and they have a really thick skin oh. so that, so that after the egg hatches, they fall out of the coconut tree and they don't get hurt with their yeah. thick skin. So, uh-uh. so uh-uh. I was like, oh, I get it. I get what you're saying. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you think of that one, that one guy that you helped, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, w- when I think of things like that, uh, things become really worth it, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Uh, it, it's, it's important, I think, yeah. you know, to, to get it out there and, and, you know, just, you're always going to get the negatives, you know, it's just the way it is. I mean, I, uh, I get emails and posts all the time and there's, it's the way it is. And, and, but you just got to be happy with what you're doing. And that's how I, that's my philosophy anyway. Um, so uh, let's see. So this, I guess there was a, a question I just had for you and it just slipped my mind. Uh, I hate when that happens, but um, um, I guess one of the things we could talk about is, uh, you know, what do you, what do you think this is? Do you think we're moving in a positive direction where 
will actually know more. I know we talked about the, you know, Grush and all that, but does it, does it feel like we're making some headway or do you think it's uh, the window dressing again? And uh, you know, one step forward, two back type of thing. You know, I, I don't, I don't really know. I, I would hope that we're, we're making progress and that um, something will be made public. Uh, but, but I don't know. I don't know how this is going to end up. And I, I think that, I think people need to continue to p- apply pressure to their elected representatives. Yeah. You know? So if you have not written to them and have not called yet, do so. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's very important. And so I, 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 I do have hope that, that something's going to shift here. Um, and I, and I saw a tweet recently uh, you know, Lou Elizondo talking about how, you know, the tide is, is turning. It's, it's, it's becoming more difficult for them to keep this secret. Yeah. Um, and as it should be, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know what I was going to ask you now. <laughs> okay. So to, let's hear how it all happened, how uh, you were contacted for encounters and how, how all that thing uh, you know, worked out and what it was like. Yeah, it was, uh, that was kind of, it was an amazing experience. I mean, I, I loved it. I mean, yeah. it was, it was great. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm the kind of person though, that I, I like to be wallpaper in a room, you know? And so, <laughs> so, so it was a little unnerving to be in front of all of these cameras, uh, yeah. And they were like grilling me for eight hours. I think I wondered how long. Yeah, Yeah, it went on for about eight hours one day. I I filmed my portion of that um, in in London on the 5th of November last uh, this past November. Um, And, uh, you know, I was the 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 crew was great. Um, Director. Did they actually fly you to London? Yes, they did. Oh, my Mm -hmm. God. Boy, it's wonderful. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, at first they were going to do it in LA when I had gr- agreed to do it. Um, yeah. and, uh, it was, I was okay with that, you know, cause I could drive there. Um, yeah. I'm in Arizona, so it's real close, but then, uh, I got a call and they said, actually, uh, we're going to do it in London. Um, yeah. and I, well, I had real reservations about that cause I hate, I hate flying. I can't, oh, can't okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at first I was like, let me think about that. Cause yeah. that's a long flight and I don't know if I want to do that. Um, you know, it's too many memories of bad being on really awful aircraft in the military, uh, <laughs> has made flying a very unenjoyable experience for me. But, um, yeah, but I, I, I agreed to do it, but you know, before that I, I, I was contacted and um, the director wanted to have, uh, you know, a chat with me. So we did like a zoom call. Now, how uh, did he, how did he find you? Do you have any idea how they found you? Um, you know, I think somebody read my book. Uh, I, ah, yeah. All, all the right people read my book and um, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, you know, Mr. Altman, uh was Dave Altman. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was uh kind of a little bit instrumental in that. So mm. um 
so he he kind of you know slipped me in the door and i had this interview with the director and they it went on for a couple of hours and they liked what they heard yeah and they said okay you know let's let's go ahead and we're gonna have you on we'll we'll be in touch you know and um so that that's how all that went down Um, now were you happy with what they how they edited it and presented it oh yeah yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, obviously, I wish they would have gotten more into some of the other stuff that I talked about, but um, yeah. I don't know. I, 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 it was very well done. It was, yeah. it was very good documentary, and I think, I think it's, it's really, it, you know, for people who kind of have followed the UFO topic like yourself, so a lot of this was not new, like the aerial school, like yeah. you, everybody in the UFO. but this is a really tradition for people who woke up one day and they're like wait what the there's this bill going through congress and it's talking about non-human intelligence and the government's talking about ufos all of a sudden what you know like so i i think that this is kind of a very you know good introduction for folks like that you know who who don't really know a whole lot about this because they haven't been following it you know um, I wish they'd make more. You know, there's, I yeah. think there's, is it four? I can't remember. Yeah, there were, it, it was four parts in this docuseries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I wish it would be, you know, continue on because there's so much, so much to talk about. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I didn't realize, uh, as I said, mentioned when we were talking earlier about the uh, Go Fast video, I didn't realize that there was a connection to, of uh, the Roosevelt on that as well. Was that the same year? Did that happen the same year? Yeah, it was, it was all in the same event. Oh, the same event. Well, I mean, it's so the event. Let, uh, we'll, let's be specific when we talk about the yeah. event. This was something that went on for like three days, right? This wasn't, uh, yeah. this wasn't just this happened once and it lasted an hour and that was it. Um, this, this was a three day long thing. And so, and so the go fast was was a part of that uh, over the course of the three days, and so was the gimbal. Now, when they locked on to something like that, it was moving along the the go fast. Uh, is that was that something they, they're like, oh, you got it, you know that type of thing? Like it was was that a really uh, very unusual speed and everything for that? I mean, I don't recall if they give out the speed of what that thing was going. Um. I, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the speed was either. I mean, it, they call it the go fast because it appears to be moving um, pretty quickly, yeah. you know, and there are, there are other people that, you know, uh, claim that that's parallax and it's just like this stationary balloon maybe or something like that. But, um, well, if I mean, that I mean case, show, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't be locking on it, you know, I mean, right, yeah. they wouldn't even bother locking on it, you know? Right. Yeah. And, 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 and you know beyond that, like in in the gimbal footage, for instance, you hear the pilot say it's going against the wind at a hundred and twenty right. knots. Right. Yes. Yeah. Show show me a balloon that can move into hundred and twenty knot headwinds. You know that's not yeah. going to happen. It, the wind is going to carry that balloon uh, with sure. it, and so it's not going to be moving against the yeah. wind. And there's also the Mick West uh, explanation that it's a distance of a uh, 
a commercial jet turning or something like that. I don't remember what it was exactly, but whatever it was, uh, you know, kind of proved it was proven to him that that's not the situation. Right. And, you know, it's basically unexplainable, but uh, was this, this was caught in the Fleur, I believe was this in the Fleur camera, but is that, was that in a, what spectrum is that in? Uh, well, that that's infrared for looking infrared. Um, did they also, do you happen to know if they also did like a, a daylight video, just a plain video of it at the same time? I, I don't know that. I, I yeah. don't know. I'm not mm. sure. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if they got, I, I don't know if any of this footage was from the daytime. I, cause from what oh, I remember, yeah. uh, from what I remember, uh, this was mostly nighttime events. Um, oh. I, I could be wrong about that. I mean, it was yeah. 2015, but, uh, I, I certainly remember this happening at, at night, not during the day. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, you can't really tell in the infrared, everything. Yeah. Like I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't believe how quickly time goes. Yeah. And, uh, but I also got to say, really, when you and I talk on the phone and stuff, it's always so enjoyable. It's, yeah. al- it's always nice, uh, nice uh, catching up and everything. Yeah. And, I, I, I really enjoy our chats. Uh, yeah. You're a very pleasant guy to talk to. Ah, oh, thank you. <laughs> All right, Matthew. Um, so you put it out there that your email address is on indeed on your Facebook page. <laughs> so right. people could reach you that way. But, uh, I, I agree uh, with your mom's spirit, you know, keep, keep the uh, coconut uh, dragon thick skin and uh, <laughs> right. keep it out there. Cause you, you, you don't know who you're going to help. Right. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, you take care. All right. Thanks. All right. Thank you. All right, everyone. We'll be back next week and I'm waiting to hear back from my guests. I'm sorry. I don't have a confirmation, but just if you want to know, go to our website, podcastufo.com. You can also sign up to our newsletter and that will be announced on a weekly basis, our guest and blog, et cetera. Thanks so much everyone. And remember to keep your eyes to the sky.